And it's a lovely sunny day here in Johannesburg and we're starting episode three of Modern Day Mystic and I'm so excited to have again Zareda Garda on the line and she's going to share her wisdom and her insight and give us a whole lot of education about all things esoteric and mystical. How are you doing Zareda? Hi Kathy, I am good thank you and I'm so enjoying our podcasts. Uh, they really are fun and I look forward to them. Me too. And I love the fact that, you know, it's a challenge for us to try and keep ours, our conversation limited, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it totally is. Because when we're not recording a podcast, we can literally talk for hours and get completely yeah. sidetracked in all the little rabbit holes that we love to go down. Well, this week we're going to talk about mediumship and, or clairvoyance. And we've had a few questions and things like that. So we thought we'll just give our take to the listeners on our understandings, our experiences, and just share um, a little bit more on that. So basically, would you explain what mediumship and the clairvoyance, the different types of things that happen and what it's all about? Yes, sure, with pleasure. So I think it I, it is so confusing. And I mean, I found it really confusing when I was sort of trying to figure out what these things mean, because there's so much different information out there. And I think the way that I've come to understand it is that so we all have intuition, right? And we actually all have psychic abilities too. Psychic yes. abilities are basically our normal senses, like slightly upgraded. So clairvoyance is that ability to see things psychically. Clairaudience is the ability to hear things. Claircognizance is the ability to get things like in your mind, like they pop into your mind. Um, clairsentience is the one where you kind of feel with those are the main ones that we usually kind of people talk about and work with and yeah. those are usually how we get say more esoteric information that's a little bit outside of our normal senses right we may use our bodies may get stuff our senses may get things that we're not always aware of but when we're talking about what our psychic senses or our psychic abilities or our Metaphysical, that's a nice big word for, for it, uh, abilities. Mm -hmm. That's usually what they refer to. So mediumship is the ability to talk or commune or communicate with those that have passed on, right? Yeah. Also known as deceased loved ones, DLOs. Um, and so what mediumship is, is an ability to connect, commune, with these loved ones that have passed on people, you know, or people that you don't know. And we mm -hmm. often get the information from them through our psychic senses. So, okay. you know, some people, and there, there are many amazing psychics out there and mediums who, who uh, may hear things with their physical ears or see things with their physical eyes. But for a lot of us, that might be scary as you refer back to, podcast one uh, <laughs> that can be more scary so sometimes it can be a lot safer to get some of that information um in your mind you know so through your imagination our imagination is kind of like our magical vehicle through which mm -hmm. spirit can communicate through th to us through these psychic senses the clairvoyance the clairsentience the clear audience and the clear um cognizance you know yeah, the main good. yeah how's that was that a good help that's a very good I think often you know we use the word you know I could sense something was wrong or I could sense 
that somebody was close, especially after a loved one's passed. It's like you get a sense of them. So we're just not sure, you know, like from 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 the outside looking in, we're not sure what sense we're using. But that kind of imprint we get is is um, come as you say, comes in different form, you know, different forms, different feelings, different thoughts, different experiences, perhaps. Yes, that's it. Absolutely. And I think the important thing to share um, with with our listeners is that we all have these abilities and it's a question of whether you are wanting to expand them and allow yourself to kind of open them more because we're all gifted. Every single human on the planet has these gifts. It's just a question of what feels right for you, if it fits for you, if it's something you're interested in. And if you are interested in it, everyone can develop it. It's just a question of learning how to, you know, and that's kind of what Kathy and my journey have been. Yeah, well, my my experience as well was like years ago, I did a metaphysics degree, uh, well, a metaphysics course, shall we say. And basically they said, if you're striving to reach your divine within, all these kind of extra sensory senses and perceptions can happen anyway because you're 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 in a way you're you're increasing your vibration you're becoming more centered more loving more spiritual in a way so it kind of can follow on that you start suddenly hearing things or feeling things and experiencing things and i think that's kind of what happened to me um mm-hmm. you know when i was young i used to get a lot of you know i don't know if it was images or voices in my head but it's not loud it's not different voices but you know the, the the first experience that I, I can notably remember is when I was little. I mean, I must have been in grade one. My sister was still a baby and my mum had, we'd gone into the shop and there was a, a ladder outside. And I just calmly said, somebody's going to fall. And when I came out, there was somebody lying on the pavement. So, of course, my mum whipped me away because, you know, it, it also, you know, it, it was like a t- kind of taboo for us growing up, you know, being very, very Catholic. So, but the Scots have always been... I suppose we could probably call them dabblers. The Scots have always had a, an essence of mystery and Celtic kind of, you know, there's there's people that would read tea leaves and there's people that does this and there's people that did that. So it was never like it was completely alien, but it just wasn't really encouraged necessarily by my, my by my parents, probably because they didn't know where. I mean, I only found out after my mum died that um, my mum had thought that my dad had the gift, as they would call it, in Scotland, you know, of, of second sight, but my dad's never made any reference to it. And he's never said anything, you know, of a, of a psychic nature to, to us. So that's probably my curiosity was pricked as a young girl. And then when I was 25, when my mom died. And after that, it was almost like in my quest to find her, I started exploring and, you know, I would start going to different people for possible readings or, experiences and started going to different churches to try almost like I wanted to hear from her because I was it also gave me permission to open up and start exploring the stuff because suddenly it was like well she's not going to get me into trouble anymore she's not going to give me (laughs) trouble anymore (laughs) how how did you come by it mine was very much part of my kind of spiritual exploration journey so I kind of you know started out being more curious about spirituality. And I think that the first thing I did was go on a psychic development course. Um, yeah. And that was, that's to sort of tune into these, those different psychic senses that I mentioned. Um, and then one of the other courses that um, 
you know, the, the school kind of offered was on mediumship. And I was always kind of curious. We have had a bit of a history in my family. I think they, they used to use a Ouija board. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> and they, they, I, I know stories that, you know, my, there were certain people in my family, like my dad was one of them and one of my aunts. So they would use the Ouija board and then spirits would come through and, and give messages. So there was a, for all that, even in, in the Muslim religion, it's usually uh, more frowned upon and taboo mm-hmm. as well. Um, as I think most mainstream religions fear, feel about so, so-called psychic spiritual stuff, um, they, our, my family was always a little bit more open to um, psychic things. Actually, one of the funny little anecdotes is I remember when I first told my dad that I wanted to become a psychologist, I could see him like internally rolling his eyes and kind of going, what's that now like why what and it was only when somebody said oh that's quite something that he was like oh oh apparently that's quite something and then a while later when I when I said to him that I wanted to do more psychic development then he was like oh okay (laughs) which for me was such a funny paradoxical thing considering how conservative he was but he was open to psychic things um so that's (laughs) kind of how how I uh, came about it you know and then yeah, did medium a couple of mediumship courses. Um, yeah. but, but I think, Kath, it definitely grew and expanded a lot more for you then throughout your life after your mom died. Because um, yeah. you have a lot more <clears throat> stories like that. Do you want to share some of those with us? Well, I didn't actually believe that I could do it. So a lot of the times it was always me going to people. But while I was sitting listening to the people, I could almost – it, to it's – like a movie in my mind and sometimes I'll hear things and sometimes I, I but basically if it feels right then like as you said in the beginning is like if it doesn't feel right if it doesn't sit right with you then you don't use it but it's always felt right with me so there were some people that felt like okay this this person's just taking my money or this person's talking absolute rubbish or it's nice in general it's nice you know it's, it's just way too there's non-specifics here but I definitely did um go adventuring into that and and one of the the the, the strange things that I had a, a mentor lady who I call her, she was like my litmus test for all things spiritual at the time. Because, you know, we'd been told, like yourselves, that it had been taboo. And it's, you know, so she would go to the spiritualist churches and she would do the things. And then eventually I, I plucked up the courage and I said, Well, can I go with you? And so I would accompany her and she just seemed so convinced. And I, I remember being quite amazed at, at how, um, what some of the messages that the people would get like in the middle of, and it was, a, it was a lovely sacred space. So I think I, I, I did like that aspect of it. It felt like similar to how I'd been brought up. There was candles and it's, you know, they said things from the Bible and they said prayers and it felt like nice and in a way holy, except at the end that there was a medium that would stand up and give messages to the congregation. And I mean, at first I'm like rolling my own eyes, like going, okay, these people, you know, they're a bunch of desperate people. But when my friend passed away, um, she had a, a son-in-law that there was there had been an issue with, and the, the the son-in-law and the daughter had come up from wherever they were living, and they'd they'd spent the last I think six months with my friend. So I know, and I didn't see her much then because she 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 knew she had had cancer and she was um you know terminal, but she had refused treatment. 
But she also told me when I did see her in that short period, I didn't, I didn't, you know, visit her often, that she said, when she's made peace with the son-in-law, she knows she's going to go. So I thought, oh, okay. Like that's, that's, so because I was a little still nervous and young and like new to all of this, I'm going, you can't say that. You can't say that. But ultimately then she, she did pass away and she had this uh, memorial service in this particular little church. And the person that was doing the mediumship stood up there and the stuff that he was telling the son-in-law, who I knew was very skeptical, and I was sitting at the back, but I was chuckling because it was so evident that it was my friend coming through. She was saying, <laughs> I, I'm saying things, specific things like, I could hear you when you were praying at my, my bedside after I'd passed, and I really thank you for giving, the, you know, giving me the assurance that this and this and this. And I'm going, the man who was saying this didn't know those specifics. And I, I can I can really bet I bet my bottom dollar that I can that son-in-law had not told the man doing the service the mediumship that it was true. So that kind of spurred me into thinking, okay, well this is the first experience of like real person who is talking from that side. So, but because I'd never really contacted my mom or never really felt my mom or never really had much of an experience with my mom, I'd, up until that point, I doubted it quite a lot. But after that, then I kind of like opened up the possibility. I'd opened myself up to the possibility of little experiences here and there, which which has been amazing. That's really amazing, Kat. So that was a long rabbit hole for me down <laughs> to go down and explain <laughs> how I kind of got into it. How did you become more involved with it recently, Zareda? I mean, you know, what is what is your little story? Well, you know, Kath, I was always amazed. I mean, you know, when as we became friends, I was always amazed at how much information you could get. Kathy and I refer to it as tuning in. Can you tune in to so-and-so? Um, yeah. And... I was always amazed. Like Kathy was always like, well, miles ahead of me in terms of getting stuff. And I always knew uh. that. Yeah, no, no, I have to, I have to say it. I have to say it. And I was always like desperately wanting, wanting to increase my abilities. And I was always a bit confused as to why they weren't. So initially, like probably a few years ago, I would get like little bits and pieces. So sometimes some clairvoyance, like I'd see a picture, a couple of pictures or maybe a phrase or a song, but if I was say doing a healing, an energy healing session, I'd maybe get maybe three or four um, little impressions from the person um, or little, like, yeah, not huge amounts, just to say. Mm. And then it's been really, really interesting. And, and this is kind of why I think COVID has been such an interesting experience for all of us of course so hectic yeah. so intense, so traumatic but also has had so many incredible gifts that has come with it and one of the the most amazing gifts for me has been that my psychic abilities and my mediumship have just like literally taken off into the stratosphere um, and what kind of precipitated it was um, a friend of mine uh, her mom had been ill she had pancreatic cancer but she was actually in um recovery so, so she was she seemed to actually be being being okay you know so mm -hmm. there were a couple of things that had come up again on on an MRI or something so she had to maybe have some more chemo but 
it wasn't that bad, you know, and but she, she just went through this period of deteriorating and she crossed over um, in April last year. And mm. I guess it was just divine timing and it, it was meant to be. She was very open and spiritual, um, this lady. And her kids also, you know, like my friend, uh, were very open as well. And they had been to spiritual churches that Kathy's yeah. been to that I've never been to, actually. So yeah. they probably bumped into each other there without realizing <laughs> it. Um, and she had, so they they used to go to like different psychics and mediums, probably even more than I did. Um, yeah. And the night that this lady died, um, she appeared. So in, in my imagination eyes, right, my inner eyes, not my physical eyes, because it would have been like my dad and I would have freaked out completely. Um, yeah. But she actually was, I felt her and I saw her standing by my bed the whole night. She just stood by my bed and I was like, you know, auntie kind of thing. I'll just call her auntie to keep her confidentiality. Um, yeah. Auntie, I, um, I'm sleeping now. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Like, you know, and <laughs> I would like wake up and she'd be there and I'd turn around and I'd wake up again and she'd be there. And from mm. then um, she and I have communed a lot for her, um, my friend, uh, her daughter and the her whole family. We've, I've actually done little bit medium se- medium sessions uh, for all three of her kids, um, but it's it's just been the most inspiring and amazing uh, process and experience because mm-hmm. I got a, I've been getting so much information from her, which was also like you were saying, you know that when your your friend came through at the spiritual church, you're like, but this is her. And I didn't know her. I had never met this auntie, right? I'd never met her. And I would say things and her daughter would say, oh my God, that's exactly how she would say. The one time I'll tell you a funny little story. I was like, she was saying, how is my mom? Is she okay? Like, you know, what is she doing? And I just got this, this phrase in my head, which is not one that I ever use. And it was just like, um, happy like a pig in shit <laughs> and I thought gosh that's a bit weird and I was a bit I was a bit I didn't know if I wanted to share it because I thought no this must be me you know making yeah. something up but it was odd because it's not something I, I ever say and yeah. um, and so then I thought okay, well let me just say it so I said, I'm getting a bit of a strange thing but this like happy like a pig in shit and my friend between like bursting out laughing and bursting into tears she was like oh my god my mom used to say that all the time Oh, and awesome. that was amazing. Oh my God. On so many levels and such a confirmation for me. Yeah. Really built my confidence. And I, I think that's probably one of the biggest things for all of us is you, we, we probably getting a lot of stuff, you know, in whether we connecting with, with deceased loved ones or about other things, we're getting stuff. We're just not realizing we're getting it. Yeah. And the main thing that started happening is I was concentrating more that I was connecting with her and I was allowing it more. And yeah. for whatever heavenly thank you, divine timing reason that it like switched me on. I literally switched on as a medium. <laughs> and I, I, and I think that is that's a good description of it because it's, it's like somebody plugs you in and say, okay, now I can actually yeah. hear that signal. And I think, yeah. you know, a lot of the times we, we've talked about this um individually how different you and I are but often when you hear how other people and and there's a lot of celebrities that do it differently and things and because I don't do it like 
or you don't do it like the other one, we kind of think, well, this can't be right. This can't be, you know, this isn't real. I'm not doing it that way. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And I think that's the misconception. And that's why we all have this self-doubt initially that I can't do this. I'm not trusting what I'm getting. It's only my imagination. And even if it is only your imagination, I've, I'm on, on the philosophy of if you're feeling getting any comfort by your imagination, then take it. Exactly. It's like the placebo effect. Let's go with it, guys. Yeah. It's making you feel yeah. No, I absolutely agree with you. And I think that's so true, you know, because I'm thinking about some of the famous ones that are on TV, you know, and yeah. there are lots, I mean, there are lots that are fun to watch. And when you, because they're getting it a particular way, like they may see visions or they may hear the person talking to them directly in their ear kind of thing. Um, if you're not getting it. Or they go into trance or they, or they go, in, you know, they have a certain look or a certain noise or, you know, or the pump, there's like a pump and ceremony. And I'm going, well, that's why I never, I didn't believe mine was, there was that because mine was in the middle of a session. And, and like you just exactly. do, you just blurt the thing out. Exactly, and like, exactly. And I was exactly the same. So I also always thought, oh, but I don't get that. And I'm not that good because I don't really yeah. get anything. And I think part of it is, is learning. And I think this is one of the biggest messages we, we want to share is that we get things slightly differently, both of us, right? Often yeah. though, we get corroboration from the deceased loved one that we're tuning into or the situation that we're tuning into. But it's about learning the ways you get stuff. So you And the, the other yeah. abilities start developing. So I probably mostly used to get things a bit more clairvoyantly, but now I get a mix, you know? I get some clairvoyant stuff, so I'll see images. But one of the things that I realized is I sometimes get feelings. Like, so the person will, will give me the feeling of something. So often mm. if someone says, um, you know, what did they think about me or, or do they miss me? I'll just get this feeling of love in my heart, like this huge, big, wonderful, warm love. And then I know okay, yeah. coming through my, my clear sentience, coming through my feelings, sometimes songs pop into my head, um, you know, and I, and I know it's similar for you, Kath. Of, you know, the weirdest thing is one time I had this thought, it was like, do dogs have a soul? Can, you know, because I was still exploring. So I was like asking all questions and we'd lost our dog. And um, it was a few years after my mom had died. And I remember being devastated. And I thought, I'm all, I almost felt guilty because I felt like I was sadder about my dog than my mom. But in the course of time, now I realized that it was just compounding the feelings of grief that I'd managed to put aside during my, my, my grieving time of my mom. Yeah. So funny enough, I'd thought, had this thought, can dogs you know, talk to us? And it was about a week later, I by chance ended up taking a friend, like I often do take friends to go and see people. I'm often like their bodyguard because if the, if the friends are bullshit, and excuse the expression, but if they're, if they're being bullshit chat to by these clairvoyance or mediums then I will interject if I'm allowed to sit in on the on the reading I love so, that. so so this this chap he did a very good reading I think it was my mother-in-law come to think of it but then I went in next because he said okay well, I'll do one for you too and he says you know this is the strangest strangest thing I'm getting this dog well my whole body went on like one big goosebump and he says and he, he described the dog and where she lay and turning around and I'm going that's exactly the image that I saw when I was sitting in my couch, looking at the door where the dog used to lie, thinking, do dogs, are they able to communicate? Yeah. You know, and I mean, I can't exactly remember the message. It was just to me, it was that validation is like, well, yeah, they, they do kind of have some sort of connection energy and to not be too scared about it. And I think that's the thing is initially we're all scared of the stuff because, you know, it's like 
you, and you're like you're saying, well, I'm not getting it this way, and I'm I'm not doing it right, or I'm not getting enough. And it's just to really just to trust our own internal language. How am I interpreting whatever I'm feeling, seeing, hearing, and and saying it in a way that the person who's listening can can understand it and you know get the message through. So mm. you know we really are the the medium. The medium means like a, it's almost like a channel. It's like a mm. I'm just translating. You're just translating. Exactly. Exactly that. And and also one of the things I just popped into my head now is that it, it also can start out depending on which one, you, which of your uh, imaginative senses are um, stronger. Yes. So if you tend to be yeah. a very visual thinker, you might get clairvoyance yes. more quickly. If you are always a, a more audio kind of person who can remember everything anybody tells you and always paying attention to what you're hearing, you might get it that way. If you're someone who's always yeah. thoughts pop into your head, you know, that is the clear cognizance. So it's literally like our normal senses jacked up on speed slightly, right? And then the more yeah. the more you relax into it, and that's the trick, right? The more you relax, yeah. the more you start getting. Because when I think about myself, it was like I was I was kind of squeezing myself so tightly in my fear that I was actually blocking yeah. the channel. I was actually closing yes. it off. And some kind of mix of things, and probably a lot of the, the spiritual work that I've been doing up until, you know, COVID days, um, just sort of started helping ease that open and help me to start yeah. relaxing into it. And now... The, I get more and I trust more and therefore it flows more. So just to say, exactly. you know, that has definitely been, it's been a much harder process for me because it didn't feel as natural right from the beginning, like it did with you, Kath, you know, and I think that's helpful that we've had the two different kinds of experiences too. Exactly. You know, and the, the, the psychic development course that I went on years ago, which, you know, we, you've said we both went on different ones. I went, this lady said to me, you just pretend that you can listen with mm -hmm. your third eye or your different ears. And when we say the word pretend to our body, it's almost like it lets that the ego lets the fear just step aside and say, oh, well, I'm only pretending, you know, I'm only pretending. And that I think helped me immensely at the time, except whatever it's going to, well, I'm pretending I'm a medium. I'm pretending that I can do this. Yes. And the body goes, okay, you know, so get out of the way. Yes. And I think, you know, with some of the books that you've read and stuff as well, Zareda, could you could you recommend to, to people maybe that might help? Yes, definitely. Uh, one of the most pivotal books that I read is one that you actually gave me. Thank you. Uh, and it's called uh, Testimony of Light by Helen Graves, I think is her name. And we'll, we'll give a link to the book um, attached to our podcast. That one was really, really helpful. Um, and, and a very yeah. pivotal one for me. The other one that I found really helpful is The Afterlife of Billy Fingers by Annie Kagan, I think is her surname. I'll double check that. Okay. Um, but she also, basically her brother died and she woke up one morning and realized that he was giving her information. And she wrote this book mm -hmm. from there, you know? So those are two yeah. like key ones. I'm sure there are many others which we can think of. Um, but just, yeah. you know, I think also to just, Go kind of follow other mediums, talk to people, uh, you know, and, and get as much information as you can so that you almost immerse yourself in the idea of it to get used to the idea of it as a normal thing. Because for Kathy and I, this is our normal. We, you're, you know, <laughs> this is our normal. We literally are tuning in. I mean, can I share, Kathy, that last night we were actually practicing just to see, you know, how we, we both work differently and, 
we got we, we we were on the phone for like two hours tuning into some loved ones yeah. um of yeah. family of Kathy's and friends and that kind of thing so uh, th- this is our life you know you think we we just make this up for the podcast <laughs> but no this is how we talk all the time actually <laughs> we're we're in tune with our crazy we are so in tune with our man because you know the rabbit hole <laughs> analogy we're all mad here yeah <laughs> <laughs> lovely So you mentioned some of the books that are useful that have helped you and and myself through this. And sometimes to me that, you know, like you said earlier as well, that that some of the best examples is to just watch. So to watch it on TV, if you're if you're interested in in doing it yourself, is to actually experience as much versatility as possible. And one of the things that you did touch on just now is that you said, you know, about with animals. Now, you did a a course with animals and how with them. your therapies well I actually so I'd done this animal communication course to connect with my own animals and it was funny because it was before I plugged in um, last year and I thought gosh I'm really bad at this um, and then what happened was um, after plug-in I, I should find the date for the plug-in right um, <laughs> after that I got plugged in I um, I have a client who's a vet and he struggles a bit obviously you know when he has to euthanize his patients and what started yeah. coming through um so it expanded even to include animals which was wonderful um is that we, we we would almost like redo the euthanasia to make it more loving and help them if they had had a traumatic you know uh, experience to help yeah. him as well and to help the animal and yeah. you know something that you mentioned earlier is that you know what was what's been interesting is i've been getting so much information around that animals do have souls and how much they communicate and how much they help us you know so just as a small side which we'll yeah. talk about more some other time but um it is yeah. po- absolutely you know it, it's possible to communicate um you know to any beings actually um when you start opening up and Yeah and I think you know what we 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 both and I think most people listening to this have obviously heard of the movie secret and the law of attraction and that kind of thing and you know for some people it's very difficult concept to accept or to understand because they're saying I'm 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 you know doing this mantra and this isn't happening but when it comes to something so so an example of of when it comes to this kind of thing is in the process of grief when the vibration of grief is so heavy it is very difficult for the people on the other side or the other side of the veil for you to to be contacted because this heaviness the the emotion and the pain of the grief is so um thick in a way because my sister when my sister died um I'd spent four months with her but then we knew she was terminal but she was just taking an awfully long time for it for the process to happen so I had to return to South Africa and my older sister was very close to my late sister my oldest last few weeks there and um Day, the day that my sister I got knew that news that my sister had died I was in the shower and I suddenly heard my late sister's voice and and she was almost like a sarcastic playful way so I told my older sister this thinking that it would comfort her but in a way she says I'm not getting anything and we would have these long conversations in the months afterwards and she's going I'm not even dreaming about her I'm not even hearing anything and you know she was really sad and I said but then I it was then that I really personally understood 
that the vibration of grief was too heavy for my sister that she couldn't allow the 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 joy of anything in and um you know sometimes you and i both work with body body therapy in a way that we're watching how is this affecting you physically when we, so that really was a very practical example of understanding that the law of attraction was that it was she was just riddled with grief and these messages from my sister were just too it was just too high vibration and it wasn't matching so she couldn't hear it exactly and that's so if you had something similar yes, mm. i was just gonna say i i've have had that you know the um the friend of mine who lost her her mom they were very spiritual they used to go to the spiritual churches too and uh, would see lots of different psychics and mediums and they used to have quite a strong telepathic relationship and but when you know when when she was alive when she was alive sorry <laughs> yes thank you for yeah, yeah. <laughs> when she just defining that <laughs> but once she crossed over my friend was really very similar to your your living sister um yeah. was really upset you know because she she couldn't and she and she was struggling to and one of the things that you know just to explain even further to add on to what you're saying Kath is that you know so it's very hard for the body it takes the body time to adjust to the loved one not being on the earth plane with us anymore and we have to let it take the time it needs to adjust and kind of um acclimatize to what the death mm. has meant you know, through the grieving process. That's why grief is such a sacred experience in itself. And so yeah. one of the things that I, that has come through that I've understood more clearly now is that also if you are able to communicate to your deceased loved one really quickly, it's, a, it's too big a confirmation that they're not here with you. And that's too much of a shock yeah. to the system. So it can be, yeah. there is often a block you know, probably even for Kathy and I, if we, you know, were to go through a loss right, right now, it may be quicker for us to connect um, after, you know, sooner because we do yeah. it all the time. But for a lot of people, you know, that is part of the grieving process. And I think it just comes to the fact that grief, grief does break us open it, and it breaks us open in so many ways. It causes us to go through like an existential crisis in terms of, you know, why am I here? Why has this happened? What is after, you know, what happens after life? Is there an afterlife? What happens when we die? Mm. And it does yeah. make us kind of really start looking at things in, in new ways. And if you're open to it, it can open your mind so much to a bigger picture and yeah. to so much more that's available that Kathy and I have experienced through our own losses, you know, through our journeys and our searching, but definitely through the, our own grief has been a big exactly. part of that. Yeah. And I, th I think, you know, sometimes I, I used to get cross with like skeptics and naysayers about the people that, you know, when, when they say they're, they're the people like ourselves are preying on the vulnerable. And we but sometimes the vulnerable, yeah. Sometimes the vulnerable just need a word of comfort. And, and at the end of the day, this is what we are providing because we're not emotionally attached to the person that's crossed over. So the grief is not affecting us. We're just, you know, the, the, the channel, the, the conduit, if, if you will, for, for, for getting... For giving the, the the remaining people more often than not, to, I mean, it can work the other way as well. But for giving the people that are left behind some sort of relief and some and you know some sort of um, way forward that that okay we can we can have a sense of comfort in this time of you know heavy grief. Exactly, and one of the things that I found is it it's shifted my bereavement counselling kind of so much for people and for myself in that 
you know, so you can at least through people like Kathy and I and eventually yourself, but initially when you're in that terrible space of grief, um, you're able to get answers to some of the questions that have been worrying you. Are they okay? Were they in pain? Are they angry with me? That kind of thing can be incredibly comforting. And one of the things that I found is that the, the, the clients that I have that are more open to connecting with their loved ones and getting information from them through me or we do it together or whatever the process is for them, they, they're able to process through their grief in a, in a way that allows for more grace for themselves. You know, they're allowed, yeah. they, they're, they may be still, it's still just as painful, but then it has this beautiful, almost ethereal quality to it. And, and, yeah. and they can be so much more meaning and so much more self-growth that happens through the process. Yeah. And that transforms the grieving ex- experience into a transformative one, even, you know, yeah. more than just going through uh, like more conventional bereavement counseling. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I did I did the hospice counselling course for a while, and I learned an awful lot through the course. But at the end of it, you know, they kept saying, you know, you're going to be an excellent, you know, hospice counsellor. And I said, you know, and and I didn't even know I had this definition, but I remember saying to the lady, I don't want to work with the the dying. I want to work with the living. And mm-hmm. it was, who said that? It was like, oh, I just said that. But I realised through the transition that, that, that every hospice. The hospice nurses are amazing because they really are there for, you know, for the for the dying people. But the hospice counsellors are there to to counsel the, the the family and to kind of keep the balance because death can bring up an awful lot of of anger and, um, you know, sadness as you know the the usual stuff. But as you you know, we, we've talked about things that when 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 you're going through the grieving process, you're not aware of all the different emotions that can come to the surface. You know, why did this person leave me now? They've left me with a mess or, you know, I'm so angry that they're, you know, I didn't get get chance to, to say X, Y, and Z to them. You know, I never had it out or, you know, and, and there is a lot of unresolved mixed up emotions yeah. and unresolved emotions that happen at the time. So sometimes when they, when, when people come to see us in, in the capacity of, of, you know, connection and mediumship, we might not necessarily give them specific answers to the questions that they want, but in a way it's given them a sense of comfort and possibly clarity. I mean, so it depends on, I mean, if, sometimes you can get specifics. I mean, I've had, when one of the readings I went to, you know, the, the woman, she actually was quite phenomenal about how I'd said very directly, I'd, I'd wanted a specific question answered and the woman couldn't understand the question, uh, couldn't understand her answer that she was hearing on the other side. But as soon as she said that word, I started to laugh. I thought, okay, well, hang on a minute. This is a direct answer to my question. And I had said nothing because I think for the most part, you you and I are probably the same, but I know you said you hadn't been to many mediums, but for a while I would go there stony faced, not nodding my head, not raising my eyes, trying to give nothing away because like I'm trying to catch that person. You know, they, they must tell me, what you know what what's going on and I think that skepticism can be healthy for sure but also you know at the end of the day what what I used to come away with is like well they've just told me everything I know and I'm thinking you know, it, it only dawned on me many years later I'm going they've just taught me everything I told me everything I know but they don't know me so where are they getting the information from <laughs> it's like oh. exactly exactly <laughs> Like, tell me something new. And I'm going, well, actually, this is my life talking. If you told me something new, I wouldn't believe you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I think that often those confirmations bring sometimes the most comfort when you say something a little bit like the person um, 
would have said in, in life, like um, the one example that I had with my friend is um, her mom um, had, had a way of uh, had quite a, a quirky sense of humor. And, yeah. you know, when, when we were trying to, to tune in the one day, um, I had, you know, having that odd expression that came to mind, which I thought, gosh, I don't usually say that. And yeah, w- for for her, it it was absolute confirmation. And that's where the comfort yeah. was in. That, yes, it's definitely my mom. It's definitely this loved yeah. one. And that can give a lot yeah. of meaning and comfort and um, help the grieving process so much. And it helps boost our confidence. I mean, the one, the one client that, that, I sort of, I didn't even, I wasn't even asked to tune in. I just immediately, once I heard of his death, I immediately tuned in. And the next thing, there was all this Afrikaans in my head. And I'd only worked with him once. So it wasn't like I knew him all that well. So the, the mutual friend had called me then and said, look, can I chat to you? And, and I was basically, I was, I'm going to use the word, spewing off this Afrikaans, but in such a way. And she's going, that could be him. That could be him. And I'm going, okay, well, I don't normally talk in Afrikaans. And I mean, I can talk Afrikaans, but it was just very blatantly not my language that I would normally use to describe things. But it, it was very comforting for us as, as mediums to say, okay, well, I'm not necessarily making this up. It might well be my imagination, but if it's giving the person on the other side of the phone some comfort, then my job is done because that's mm-hmm. my challenge. That's my, um, that's my quest is to give my client relief. Mm. And, and, to, and to help them to know that they are still connected to their loved one. Yes. That, that has not become yeah. vivid, that that is still alive. Yeah, yeah. Part of our reasoning behind doing these podcasts is because we like talking about death and it seems to have been quite a a quiet subject, but we don't talk about it enough. And a few years ago, I found a group on Facebook called the Death Cafe, where they talked about different funerals and different, you know, dying rites and stuff. And I think, you know, it's always been such a fascinating um, subject, but almost taboo because we've kind of sterilized the whole process and put it out of hand, our, our reach and, and, and out of our hands. Now, you and I, I mean, we, 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 I was introduced to this word a few way back, probably about 20 years ago now, um, the concept of, the, of uh, the name doula. Now, doula depicts a lady, well, a person that helps a birthing mother with the process of, of birth. Now, you have the midwife, which is there for the baby. You have the doctor, but the doula's responsibility is primarily for the for the mother and her her well being and comfort and 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 all that. Now we started having this concept of the word the death doula because we're often there for the for the dying person that you know that's going through the process as well as getting connections as soon as they've crossed over and later. So. Um, I when you co- I think it was you that coined the, the phrase. I don't maybe it is out there, but maybe you've seen it before. But I thought that really does just suit the kind of information that I get. So to me, um, the death doula. I mean, it, it is just well, well, we're there for the process of death, not just necessarily one side, whether the remaining or the the, the ones going through. But it's the whole. Okay, let's let's help this transition um, in the way that any way we can. Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, it can be such a help. So it's not that you're necessarily even physically 
with the person who's going through the process um, yeah. that, you know, when you know someone is going through a process, like if someone tells you or whatever, you can tune in and connect with them and bring them some, you know, comfort in their process. There's often, there can be a lot of fear, you know, when you're going through your own transition in terms of what is to, what to expect and what is it, you know, um, because I think that's probably the hardest part, right, is the actual transition. And so, yeah. you know, often both Kathy and I have spoken about, like, having helped other people, you know, helping people as they're transitioning, um, connecting them with other loved ones that can support them, uh, guides or angels. But it can be incredibly helpful um, and soothing for the person who's transitioning themselves to get that kind yeah. of support, prayers, love, you know, and help uh, through the process. Um, the, you know, probably the, the first time that I did it without realizing it was um, when my dad was passing away. I, you know, I didn't realize that he was, he was about to die like that night. Um, but he, mm. he was struggling and I, I did a meditation and I was doing some energy healing and, and kind of a meditative process in my mind with him. And yeah. I was you know, just calling in his soul and calling in a lot of support and help and soothing and love. And, and then he died like literally a few hours later. And it was only afterwards. And you helped me with this Kathis to help, help me to realize that it, this was when I discovered that I, I actually, it is one of, one of my gifts um, as is Kathy's to actually be a death doula, to help someone as they're transitioning and that it helped him Tremendously, and I think we even had that feedback from him through you, Kath, um, after he died. And it was very helpful for him. You know, the, I still had to go through all the pain of the trauma of, of his death, but you know, it, it, it in a way that was like an initiation for me into these abilities beginning to open up because it opened me up so much um, in terms of understanding how how much we can help those that are actually transitioning too. You know. For sure. And I think sometimes what, what gets me as well, the, there's, there's a lot of spiritual people out there that, well, it's not, you know, they're, they're, they're still here and they're disregarding the physical effect that it has on our body and the physical effect that it has on, on the loved ones and things like that. So to me, I think to have a more complete overall feeling of the whole death process from both sides, but also to not disregard and just say, well, here I am in my kaftan saying, it's fine because I'm still chatting to this person as if they're not gone. Because as you said earlier, that, that the process of grief can be so painful on the body that it is necessary to, ne to get through it without suppressing or ignoring it, because that can also lead to further complications. So, you know, it's, it's, it's accepting the death process within the concept of living. Exactly. That makes sense. Exactly. That does mm. make sense. And, and if I could share an experience that I had with, you know, the, the friend's mom who, um, I, I, who helped me plug in <laughs> last year. Let, let's call her, let's call, what shall we call her? Shall we call well, her Sandy? I, I was calling her auntie. Let's just stick to auntie. Okay. Auntie. Like a bit okay. Of auntie. She quite likes it. Like she's smiling as I think. <laughs> okay. I, can, I can often feel her around auntie. And one of the things that she and I did, uh, I did connect with her before, um, she transitioned and I had, you know, a sense of her, you know, not kind of being 
trying to decide, am I ready to go? Do I want to? That kind of thing. Um, but more recently, so, so her um, transition was, was last year in April. And um, a few months ago, uh, I think it was her cousin was, was going through the, the death transition process. And my friend, her mom, uh, <clears throat> you know, my friend whose mom it is, auntie is, um, asked me if I could tune into this cousin and see what I could get. And I was, you know, so I tuned in like I usually do on this side, right? Tuned in yeah. and felt where she was at, got a sense, got some impressions and, you know, gave her a lot of soothing and healing. And then suddenly this thing came to me uh, where auntie was like, hey, tapping me on the shoulder, going like, hey, I can help on the other side. And so we we kind of um, stood on either side of her. I was here on the living side and she was through the veil on the other side. And we both gave her the healing that she needed from both vibrations, from both dimensions. And Excellent. we helped her go through that process. So that's one of the other, I mean, that's been a relatively new thing, like almost having like a team team effort because yeah. um, I usually work more like with Kathy on the living side on this side of the of the of the veil um, so to yeah. know that that's also possible that you know we and and people like auntie she was very spiritual too she was very similar to Kathy and I she would probably love she is kind of it feels like on the podcast with us um, and nodding away going yes yes and don't forget to tell them this and don't forget to tell them about that um, <laughs> but you know when you when you start working with people on the other side too you can work together. You know, they give you so much information. They teach me so much. And we can do this amazing yeah. thing of being like death doulas, you know, on both sides. And kind of uh, yeah. incredible and amazing and quite a amazing experience to go through. It is, and sometimes the, we can even go to the, we have the, I've had the experience where it's complete strangers um, who I've never met, but I happen to see on social media that this person's died. And suddenly I'll have this kind of, uh, like it's almost like a, a headline in my head and I'm going, Oh, okay. What is that from? And sometimes it used to, it used to happen more. Now I'm more conscious of it, but it used to happen a lot when I was younger, but in my dreams that I'd have these yes. dreams, but I didn't know it was death. I'd have dreams of going in a lift. And the one, the one I actually, the, the images just come to me again now, which I don't often get, but I'm a very vivid dreamer. But this one was, I was in a lift and I was, I was in this lift with some stranger and I was like the lift operator and I pressed the floor. And as the doors opened, we'd gone down. And as the doors opened, he, and it was a he, he says, okay, you know, it's time to get out. I says, no, I'm not going in there. You are. I'm just here to drive the lift. And I woke up with a start. And so I told another spiritual friend about this and she says, you might have helped somebody cross over. Oh. And I'm going, oh, okay. Well, that's kind of weird. But I didn't have any confirmation of it at the time. But in a way, it was like, well, if I am doing work in my in my dream state, then I don't mind doing that kind of work. I'll be a lift operator. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's true. It's good that you mentioned dreams because often we get so much through our dreams. Often whilst we're struggling maybe to connect, you know, if we're blocking ourselves or whatever is happening that we're not getting it when we're awake, a lot can happen in our dreams. Yeah. And I think, you, you know, we probably um, – when you work, do this kind of work, you often are helping people a lot more than you realize. So when you, when you wonder, sometimes both of us are like, I don't know why I'm so tired. <laughs> it's because you've yeah. been busy, especially in COVID, <laughs> in, in COVID times, like, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's been a lot of, a lot of overtime. Yeah. I want overtime for that. Come yeah. on, come on. A lot of when it, one of the strange things. Yeah. One of the early things when when I wasn't getting any messages from all of the, the visits I was doing, all these different people after my mom died and my mom wouldn't come through, there was one 
very, very clear dream. And even now it's still in technicolor um, in my memory. And um, she hadn't visited my house for like the last year before she died. She'd come once very briefly, but in my dream, she was back and she was sitting on my back step and my two dogs were there and I was hanging the washing up in my dream. Can you believe it? I'm doing that kind of work in my dream. I was hanging the washing up and I turned and I saw her and, she, and I said, oh, mum, you're not supposed to be here. Why are you here? And she says, I've just come to tell you I'm okay. Oh, wow. And I woke up with a start, but it was such a comforting dream. And, you know, I mean, I was, had been cross with her in a way because I'd gone this spiritual journey and not come through. But when I got that dream, it really just settled me. And I know sometimes that's what you and I actually want to do is want to give that person the sense of comfort. Like I was able to help you when your dad passed. And, you know, in a way, it's like passing that energy of, of comfort on and forward that, you know, if you can get something that makes you feel, look, as as I think you mentioned earlier, you know, it doesn't bring the person back. It doesn't take away the, the grief, but it just eases the feelings. I mean, energetically, we deal so much when we're so, you know, so much in that grief space. So, you know, and I've never, I've never had the experience of somebody on the other side that, that didn't want to be there, to be honest, and, mm-hmm. and all the people that I've connected to. Um, it's always been once they're on the other side, they, they're definitely feeling a lot more ease and obviously the pain-free. Oh, and even with like suicidal um, people that have gone through and I've crossed over, it's not the kind of fear that I think we were taught or I anticipated. It's almost there is a sense of um, definitely relief. Mm-hmm. So if I can pass that over to the remaining family, then that, to me, that's, I think, is a very good thing. And, and one of the strongest things that I always get, no matter who I tune into, and I've also tuned into a couple of people who've committed suicide, there's just love, such big, yeah. beautiful, amazing love and understanding, and there's no judgment. So any notion yeah. that we have of judgment of anything around death is actually not true. It's just really, yeah. you know, it's it's like, it's just about opening our minds, opening our minds and our hearts to understanding that there's so much more to this universe. And the more we open, yeah. the more access we have to that wonder, which is how it feels. Yeah. And I do think that, you, I mean, it is, there's a lot to be in awe of really. Mm-hmm. And, and we're just tiny, tiny little microcosms in this huge macrocosm. But when, to me, I saw a beautiful picture this week um, of the insides of a cell and it was uh, beautifully colored and it looked like a work of art. And I think we've forgotten because we get so stuck in the, in the goings on and then there's COVID and everything. But every single little cell within our body, if you, if you had to look at it under a microscope, is filled with this light energy and this, this love. And I think that's maybe what um, I would like to you know, leave our listeners with is that to just confirm that there is just things go better when there's love. And all, all, we need, all we need is love. <laughs> it sounds like, and love is all there is. Yeah. I, I can't think of any more cliches, but it's true. It is true. I have to share that. <laughs> well, maybe we're channeling John Lennon. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. Without all we need doubt. is love. Yes, I'll, I won't try to start singing now, though. <laughs> No, no, no. We'll spare the listeners that at least. Well, thanks again, Zarita. I mean, it's, this is, goes so fast when we do this. We're always quite, I mean, I was like, did it really just go that quickly? So thank you. If you've been listening to the end and you get to this point, thanks for listening. Thank you, Kathy, for another lovely podcast. And yes, looking forward to more fun things to talk about. And just a reminder to listeners, if there is anything specific that anybody wants to, um, you know, 
have answered or questioned or uh, just send us a, a message and we will do our best to try and answer it. So thanks for tuning in. 